Welcome back to Ruben Uncut. Today, talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3. I mean, Volume 3. It's like a record, get it? That's the thing records do, right? I don't know. Anyways, moving along. Now, let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy for a minute. So, first of all, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are a trilogy of films that are part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've seen now seen all three of them. The first Guardians of the Galaxy, which is widely the most popular as far as I can tell, basically cut, kicks off a major part of the Infinity Saga by introducing another one of the Infinity Stones and introduced us to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Peter Quill, a human abducted by space pirates called Ravagers and, a and basically raised in outer space. Rocket Raccoon, yes, probably named after that song. Young people, ask your parents what I'm talking about. Drax the Destroyer, the tank of the group, he's He's very strong, but he's not the Hulk or anything. And of course, Gamora, daughter of Thanos. I'm not, not going to go into all of the details there of who Thanos is. He's important to Marvel's cinematic universe, okay? He was the first big bad, if you will. And uh, let's see here, who am I forgetting? I feel like I'm forgetting someone. But in the second movie, they pick up another person called Mantis, who is a uh, empath who can uh, control other people's emotions. Now, the first movie, when the first movie came out, I was a little bit skeptical, partly because the trailer wasn't very impressive and the poster was one of the most boring movie posters I'd ever seen. Like, good Lord. And also, it was a more minor comic book series that I had never read. But that's kind of what James Gunn was counting on, for people to not know what he was doing. Because uh, James Gunn took a number of liberties with a number of the characters in Guardians of the Galaxy, tweaked them just a little bit. The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 is a grand old time. I'm not a big 80s music person, but uh, the film uses 80s music well. Then the second, the second movie came along, and uh, Peter Quill, or Star-Lord, as he is known, basically uh, discovers that his dad is actually a uh, celestial alien who uh, came down to Earth and impregnated his mother with the intention of one day taking over the planet. And uh, it's a pretty good flick. I am. I actually like the second movie more than the first one. Although I will say, the second movie does suffer from 
there's a lot of some of the humor initially feels very forced in the beginning of the second movie but ultimately i think it has a i <clears throat> i think it has a stronger story than the first movie because the first movie's more of like a an origin like how do they all, oh groot oh my god i forgot groot groot is an alien who is basically a, a tree and uh he, the only thing he ever says is i am groot i personally like the second movie more than the first movie both honestly some of the best movies in the marvel universe um there are some elements of them that uh didn't age on the rewatch if you will special effects uh in the first movie specifically on the rewatch feel uh a lot less they didn't not all the special effects in the first movie aged well but uh but generally speaking they are i think they're some of the best movies in the mcu to be completely honest now a lot happened with the guardians in the avengers movies between volume two and three <clears throat> and in fact a lot happened behind the scenes with james gunn getting fired yes you heard me right james gunn got fired essentially because uh james gunn said some mean things about donald trump that a bunch of conservatives uh basically went back into all his old tweets because James Gunn is an edgy, edgy boy who made a lot of really inappropriate jokes. Jokes about things like child molesting and, and rape. Now, <clears throat> James Gunn has apologized for these jokes. And he made these jokes when he was a lot younger. And also, just because you make terribly dark jokes about something it doesn't necessarily mean that you condone that behavior nor that you participate in it that is extremely circumstantial evidence that being said you know if there are any james gunn uh victims out there in the world you know i encourage you to have the strength to come forward that being said currently there is no evidence that any of these things are actual signs of James Gunn being a truly terrible person. As it stands, he's just an edgy boy. And in fact, to be fair, I remember my college days, we were all pretty edgy. But even back then, we were like, don't put that joke on the Twitter account. But anyways, Fans were extremely upset that James Gunn was fired and essentially Marvel got Disney to rehire him. And so he came back after making the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker to make Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is, in my opinion, pretty damn good. Is it my favorite Guardians movie? I'm not sure. I think I would actually have to rewatch the whole arc of, of the Guardians to tell you which one I think is truly my favorite. And I'd have to watch those movies they cameoed in too, just to uh, make sure I'm not forgetting any important connective tissue. So what's Guardians of the Galaxy 3 about? Well, put it simply, 
it's about Rocket Raccoon. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everyone else has like sort. It's a, it's an ensemble story. It's an ensemble cast. And uh, <clears throat> Rocket is actually out of service for most of the movie. But essentially, the story is about Rocket. And if there's one thing you should be you should be aware of before going to see this movie, is that this movie has a very strong anti uh, animal experimentation message. There's a lot of imagery in here that people are going to be uncomfortable with because it is a movie that is about animal experimentation and testing. That is the subtext and a good bit of the overtext as well. But that is the subtext of the movie. So just be aware going into it, while it is a very funny movie, it is also quite dark and serious at other times. And I personally think it's a, it's a good message about how we mistreat animals, which is terrible. But essentially, the story unfolds. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, we, we are introduced to the Guardians. They are in their new status quo, which is that they are leading, it's essentially they have a base of operations inside a giant like planetoid thing shaped like a skull called Nowhere. I think it's actually meant to be an, uh, a celestial skull, I'm not sure. And it's Nowhere spelled with uh, K-N-O-W. But uh, they're there. And uh, Peter Quill, Star-Lord, is very upset and uh, has become a drunk because the love of his life, Gamora, was killed by her father, Thanos. And then in the ensuing time travel related battle with Thanos, Gamora from the past or an alternate timeline or whatever is brought back to his world. But of course, it's, it's a Gamora before they met, so she doesn't know him. And that's, a, that's an element of the movie as well, is that's one of the things going on with him. There's a couple of things going on with Quill. Basically, he can't get over Gamora, and people are saying that he needs to go home to meet with his grandfather, the, la the last part of the human family he has. Now, we never really know a ton about what's going on with Groot, but basically Groot is a young adult now. In the first movie, we met Groot, uh, Groot died, but they managed to, but basically they, um, he left behind a sapling and they've been raising the sapling into a new Groot. In part two, he was a child in Avengers Infinity War. Groot was a teenager. I think he may have, uh, oh, I know that's right. He was, he was, he was, he was blipped. So, and the, or was he blipped? I don't know. I can't remember. But the point is, is that Groot, this Groot is now a young adult and a uh, very upbeat member of the team. Oh, I, I almost forgot. There's also the, <laughs> there's also the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special on Disney Plus, which is a silly little affair, but it introduces you to a couple of characters that are in this movie 
including a new member of the Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmo, who is a psychic dog the Russians once sent into space, who has telekinetic powers. And she wants to be a good girl. Uh, oh, and of course, I almost forgot, we have Krillin, I think that's his name. Krillin is also a member of the Guardians, and he has essentially taken over for Yondu as the guy who uh, has the whistle-controlled arrow, except he sucks at it. And that's how we meet him at the beginning of the movie. He sucks at it. And he has a whole thing with the, with the dog where he calls her a bad girl. I mean, a bad dog. And she does not like that. Oh, my God. I forgot about Nebula. The team also has... Ne it's, there's, there's a lot of Guardians, okay? There's a lot of Guardians. Nebula is the cyborg daughter of Thanos who replaced most of her body parts with machinery, which makes her very hard to kill, actually. But uh, in Gamora's absence, she has become more a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Actually, she's one of my favorite characters. Uh, and she's basically operating as like den mother to the Guardians in this movie, like sort of just keeping people on track and whatnot. But so the movie opens up with them all there and Rocket is just wandering around town. Rocket's depressed. Um, or at least he seems to be. Let's see here, who am I forgetting? Oh, and uh, no, I don't need to. I won't. I won't get ahead of myself. Gamora is not currently at nowhere with them. Gamora not remembering their time together and having not developed those bonds is off with other space pirates. As they are all in their new environment, living in their new status quo as galactic heroes with drinking problems. Well, one of them's that anyways. In comes, <clears throat> suddenly, out of nowhere, in comes Adam Warlock. A essentially Superman-like being created by the Sovereign. A group of aliens Rocket ripped off in the previous, in the previous Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And he has come for Rocket. He attacks Rocket, and Rocket is severely injured. But he is, but Adam Warlock is deterred before he has the opportunity to kidnap Rocket. Peter Quill and uh, and Mantis, the empath. Oh, and a big oh, I forgot about uh, Drax. Drax and and Mantis's whole deal throughout the show is that they have is that they have a very strong friendship. And uh, they, they, are, they are basically constant sidekicks to each other. But, uh, but yeah, so Rocket is grievously injured. But when they go to try and use their advanced medical technology on him, the med he almost dies. Because they discover that he actually has a kill switch inside him that prevents him from receiving medical... Prevents him from receiving that type of medical care. So off they go to try and uncover the, the story of the creation of Rocket Raccoon and also to 
get the passcode, hopefully, to override the kill switch and give Rocket the medical attention that he desperately needs. And throughout the whole thing, Rocket is laying borderline comatose, essentially having a an extended flashback to essentially his origin story. And his origin story is, is quite, quite moving at moments. And I'll, I'll be honest, I, this is the first Marvel movie where at the very end of the movie, I got, I got a little, little tear, a little, little bit of a tear in my eye. It wasn't, I wasn't as dramatic as when I was watching Logan for the second time. But uh, I did get a little teared up at the very end of the movie because the camaraderie and the friendship between the Guardians is just very strong. They feel like, they feel like a family. So anyways, it turns out that Adam Warlock was sent to retrieve Rocket by Rocket's creator. And this isn't really much of a spoiler. He's the big bad for the movie. He is called the High Evolutionary. And he's decent. He, he is a decent villain. They never really establish his motivation. It's implied that he, like Thanos, views himself as an altruist and wants to create and he wants to create the perfect society. And all of his horrific, horrific experiments are, are essentially part of that. And uh, I will not try to say the actor's name because I will butcher it. In fact, honestly, I, I, honestly, it's the kind of name where I feel like until I'm in a room with someone who is saying his name that I know knows how to say his name, I don't think I could possibly say it. And I am embarrassed to admit that. But he does a great job. The development of him as a villain is interesting because he is mostly just, we mostly witness him through Rocket's eyes in terms of how much of his character we are allowed to see. And there's even a part where he starts to go into a villain monologue and essentially Peter Quill just makes fun of him and is like, blah, blah, blah. Mom and dad didn't hug me enough, et cetera, et cetera. Because he's like, I don't care who you are or why you want to do all this stuff. Overall, so far, this, I forget if Ant-Man was the end of the previous phase or the beginning of this new phase. But if Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is the beginning of this new phase, the new phase is off to a really good start. In fact, arguably, I would say the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is definitely the best Marvel movie since Spider-Man No Way Home. Very different than Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home is frequently a, a warm, hug-filled candy of joy. Well, I mean, except for the sad parts. Oh, wait, they both have sad parts. I wonder if there's a connection between sadness and superheroes being superhero movies being good. Probably, considering the best superhero, the best superheroes all have trauma as part of their origin story. So do I recommend Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? Absolutely. However, uh, there's, there's quite a, I don't know if I've, ex if you haven't seen the other movies, I don't know if you want to see. But it's definitely the best marvel movie i've seen in a minute and i know some of you're gonna be like but ruben you liked ant-man quantum mania and i'm like chill i did like ant-man and the wasp quantum mania 
But I liked Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Quantum Mania within the context of it being an Ant-Man movie, of which Ant-Man movies are not the best of the Marvel movies, generally speaking. So I liked it in context of it being an Ant-Man movie. It was at least a lot better than the second movie, which was terrible. And Ruben, you said you liked the Black Panther movie. I did say I liked the Black Panther movie, but if you listen to the spoiler section on that re- on that review, I also had a lot of issues with Black Panther. I liked it overall. I thought it was overall effective, but I had a lot of issues with certain details and aspects of the film. And while I liked that movie, it definitely wasn't as good as, say, the first Black Panther movie. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I do highly recommend. It's very, it's got good action. I like the story. Uh, The plot rolls along at a generally good clip. And James Gunn does a really good job with characters. James James Gunn knows how to mix comedy and seriousness together. I have to give him that. Now, I, I'm not... I have mixed feelings on James Gunn overall, but I like his superhero stuff. His superhero stuff is good. I didn't... I didn't like Slither. If you, if you, I, I get it that lots of people like Slither, but, like, come on. It wasn't that good. But things like Super and his Guardians of the Galaxy movies and Peacemaker... And uh, and the Suicide Squad, all to general, all to various degrees, I found very enjoyable. Some more than others. And Guardians of the Galaxy three definitely lands on the more than others. I don't know if it's the best Guardians movies. Like I said, I'm gonna have to rewatch them. But I like the way. It, but I like a lot about it. I like the, I like the humor, the emotion, the empathy, and the action. It should be noted that the movie is about as violent as you can make a movie and still be PG-13, because for some insanely fucked up reason, uh, violence to animals uh, is, uh, is not viewed, violence either to or from animals is not viewed the same way by the Motion Picture Association as violence to humans, uh, even if they're anthropomorphic. Um, that, be, uh, that being said, the worst violence happens mostly to a bunch of uh, very nasty animal cyborgs who uh, are graphically dispatched at points. But they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty mean, so you don't have to feel bad for those ones. But they are mean to a bunch of other animals. But that's those sequences actually aren't as graphic. So yes, I definitely recommend uh, definitely recommend Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, there's going to be some brief spoilers after the break. Um, so just warning you here. Um, overall, overall, I liked it. And if you enjoy my podcast, Please do like and subscribe, share to your timeline, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Where if you're leaving, if you're somewhere, you can leave comments. Feel free to leave some comments. 
And even if you're not listening on Spotify, do me a favor, go over and, and, and subscribe on Spotify. It really helps me out. All right. I'll see you in the spoilers. Unless you haven't seen the movie yet, then you should go, you know, watch the freaking movie. Okay, spoilers. So here we are. We're in the spoilers. You've been warned several times. Don't complain after this point. So what be up with the spoilers? Okay, so there's just a couple things I want to comment on. Um, I liked Adam Warlock. I thought the Adam Warlock stuff was fun. Um, I did feel... I. There was a part of me that expected Adam Warlock to be more, to want to take a more offensive stance against the uh, against the high evolutionary. I, I just assumed that he would want revenge for his mother, the Sovereign. But I, I, I genuinely would like to see more of, of Adam Warlock. And so the main thing I actually want to talk about here is just a couple things. First of all, uh, they, they do, the movie does a great job of Rocket. And I love the idea that Rocket becomes the team leader of Guardians of the Galaxy at the end of the film. I think that's really cool. We don't know where the Guardians are going to show up next. Um, the end credit scene says that Star-Lord will return, but it doesn't say anything about the other Guardians. And... That's a little bit of a shame because I actually really would like to see the uh, I would like to see the Guardian lineup in action that they have at the in the end credit scene. I I I thought it was a cool idea that Adam Warlock joined their team. I think it makes sense. I think that they could all have a really fun dynamic. I'm digging the giant. Elder, I, the giant adult Groot. Although it does raise questions about how quickly he he ages, considering in the first movie he was already an adult. <laughs> like, how long have him and Rocket actually known each other? I know that Dave Bautista said he doesn't want to come back to Marvel. Um, so we'll see what happens. He is on the team in the end. I really, I really thought it was sad when him and Mantis went their separate ways at the end of the film. Like the band breaking up moment of the film is very effective. Like it's a very interesting way. Like everyone thought that James Gunn was going to kill some people. At the end of the day, he didn't actually kill any of them. He gave them all, he let, he let it be a different kind of ending. And I was okay with that. I was really okay with that. The movie was dark enough <laughs> without killing off some of some of the team. I will say, like, even though I was, even though it's pretty obvious when you get into the rocket, like, origin story, it's pretty obvious where it's going to go. It's pretty obvious, but it's still pretty effective. Just his life with his friends in those cages. And then the ultimate betrayal of the high evolutionary. Rocket's escape. When he loses his friends. It's, it's all like you can, 
Like it all make like you think it out and you're like, yeah, that's pretty much what I would have expected. Um, I'm not sure I would have expected his friends to be so horrifyingly mutilated. Um, but like, seriously, the otter with the long arms is is the least terrifying of them. Somewhere between a Cenobite and uh, those toys uh, from Sid's backyard is where the uh, yeah, Rocket's animal buddies land, in my opinion. It's, this movie technically has the highest body count. Unless you count the snap, this movie has the highest body count, I just realized. Because the high evolutionary literally destroys an entire an entire civilization uh when he's decided he's not happy with it but maybe he didn't blow them all up i don't know it seems like most of them got blown up it's not actually addressed a lot happens at the end but the movie has a lot of empathy for both children and animals and that's that's pretty cool i generally think the movie does a good job with all the themes and stuff that it touches on a lot of it now that I'm thinking about it is like, yeah, that's kind of what you would expect it to those characters to have done. Or that's how that situation to play out. Like, I kind of knew that too many characters were telling Quill he should go back and visit his grandpa for him not to go back and visit his grandpa at the end. Although Quill was the one that came the closest for me going, oh shit, are they fucking killing Star-Lord? Was that interview that Chris Pratt did where he said he'd, he'd, he'd be up to play more Star-Lord? Was that just bullshit tactic? Shit is crazy. But here comes, here comes fucking Adam Warlock. And I got to say, I would like to see more Adam Warlock. I already said that. I think I've said about as much as I can think to say with only one viewing of the movie. Honestly, I thought it was really good. And I'm, I'm thinking about some of the critics' reviews I read for it. And, like, it bothers me that critics don't understand darkness in superhero movies. Like, anytime anything, even um, vaguely unpleasant, happens, they're like, oh, no, it's not fun. It's like... All the... Superheroes are a response to trauma. All the best superheroes are a response to trauma. Almost all the best ones. Possible exception of being Superman. Although I guess you could argue that, uh, that his whole planet was blown up. I mean, he doesn't remember that because he was a baby. But like the knowledge of that might be where you came from. You know, it's a little intense. Maybe not. Maybe Superman's not traumatized. But it's definitely intense to be Superman. Spider-Man's got trauma. Batman's got trauma. The X-Men have trauma. The Guardians of the Galaxy have trauma. Iron Man's got trauma. There's so much trauma. The Hulk's got trauma. In the comic books, the Hulk saw his father kill his mother. Yeah, Disney, put that in the movie. Put that in the movie. You weak ass bitches. But yeah. Guards in the Galaxy. I hope you checked it out. Especially if you're listening to this part.
Thank you for listening. Bongiorno. Wait. Wait, what does bongiorno mean? Fuck. Aloha.